A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom, and read from the prophet Isaiah. The eyes of all were fixed on him, and then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him, and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? Jesus said to them, Doubtless you will quote me the proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, Do here in your hometown the things we have heard you did at Capernaum. And he said, Truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Eliah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Eliah was sent to none of them, except to a widow at Zarephath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove Jesus out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. The Gospel of the Lord. Last Sunday, a man came up to me after Mass to tell me that, next to his pastor, I was his favorite preacher. He went on to tell me about a homily he had heard 14 years ago that was so bad They actually got up and walked out. I didn't quite know how to take this. Was it meant as a compliment? After all, he hadn't walked out on my homily. Or was there an implied threat? Yet. Today we hear Jesus' very first homily in the Gospel of Luke, so we can't compare it to the last few homilies he preached. Luke has already told us where this Gospel is headed. When the infant Jesus is brought to the temple, Simeon turns to Mary and says, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. This idea is central to Luke's vision. The gospel draws out and lays bare the inner thoughts of many. If you are at all hesitant about where this is going, now might be the time to get up and walk out. We heard the first half of this homily last Sunday, when Jesus had returned to his hometown, announcing, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news. By announcing that he has been anointed, Jesus is proclaiming that he is the Messiah. Messiah means the Anointed One. Luke makes it clear 
that Jesus is to be a prophetic Messiah in the line of Eliah and Elisha, who in First and Second Kings proclaimed saving grace for a Syrian army officer and a poor pagan woman at Zarephath. Is not this Joseph's son? The hometown crowd is reminding Jesus of his obligations. Jesus knows their thoughts. Since Jesus belongs to them, doctor, cure yourself, really means doctor, cure us. Don't allow Capernaum to get the benefits that we should have. That's when Jesus threw the books of First and Second Kings at them. The reader has already been told by Simeon, who prophesied in the temple, this child will be a light of revelation to the Gentiles. And when John the Baptist appears, Luke paraphrases Isaiah, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. But this is the first that any of the Jewish characters in the narrative have heard of it. It is this intimation that the prophet would be for all, and not just for them, that arouses the neighbor's wrath. They fulfill Jesus' statement that he is not acceptable in his own country because his mission extends beyond his own country. In the end, because they were not open to the prospect of others sharing in the bounty of God's deliverance, they themselves were unable to receive it. Heather McGee makes a similar point in her book, The Sum of Us. McGee tells the story of an American experiment of common leisure in the early decades of the 20th century. Public pools were built all across the country. They enjoyed widespread support by white Americans until they were told to integrate them. McGee visited the site of one such pool in Montgomery, Alabama, drained and cemented over since 1959, so that nobody, white or black, could ever enjoy it again. It's a self-defeating form of exclusion, a determination not to share resources, even if the ultimate result is that everyone suffers. McGee writes about health care, voting rights, and the environment, she persuasively argues that white Americans have been steeped in the notion of zero-sum, that any gains by another group must come at white people's expense. A counter-experience is a story from the ecumenical community of Taizé, which was formed after World War II by a Lutheran pastor, Roger Schultz. Brother Roger felt that the war had caused so much alienation that there needed to be a place of reconciliation. He bought a house in the hills of southern France with the idea of forming a small religious community that included both Catholic and Protestant brothers. In the 1960s, thousands of young people began to visit. When the Berlin Wall came down a generation later, that number doubled. One of the charisms of a monastic community is hospitality. If a person presents himself at the door, you must welcome them. At Easter in 1971, 6,000 young people registered to visit Taizé. The brothers were faced with a dilemma. 
The church, which had opened in 1962 at the heart of their community, had room for only 2,000. The only solution, one of the brothers recalls, it was kind of crazy. But the good news was that the weight of the church didn't rest on its walls, but on the columns. They decided to break down the back wall of the Church of Reconciliation and attach a circus tent to extend the interior. The walls of the church came down, and there was room for everyone. The story in Nazareth ends with an attempt to throw Jesus off the hill, but he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. When Jesus' neighbors thought he would bring them untold blessings, they spoke favorably of him. When they understand he is asking them to bring blessings to others, they are enraged. The angry actions of these hometown folks prefigure the Jerusalem elite, the chief priests and scribes who will crucify Jesus outside Jerusalem, the city built on a hill. But their murderous execution will not be final. In the resurrection, Jesus will walk through the midst of them. Physical force cannot kill his spiritual reality. Jesus went on from there to Capernaum, but he did not stay there, saying to them, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other cities also, for I was sent for this purpose. To be loved means to be sent to others. <laughs>